Well, hello and welcome to another Scott McKenna podcast. I hope you were all doing well. I think this is a fantastic episode. I'm probably biased because it's my podcast, but this is going to be an awesome episode. I love people who are educating, who are looking to constantly help others get better at what they do. And my guest today, Caleb Pike from DSLR Video Shooter, has been doing it for a long time. And man, this guy just works really hard at his content, and it is so good. It's the reason that over a quarter million people are subscribed to his channel and continuing to grow every single day. He just knows what he's talking about, and he specifically knows and loves talking about lighting. And that's kind of what we dive into a little bit here. The conversation starts talking a little bit about his YouTube success, but talks actually more about the importance of lighting. It's easy to just talk all day about what's the best camera, the best lens, what what camera gives me the best low light, what lens gives me the sharpest image. But to be honest, lighting is actually one of the most important things you can do in your entire video production. And when you have lighting done really well, cameras look so much better. So that's what we dive into. I want to get right to the topic and not even talk anymore. Let's jump right into this interview. Thanks for being here on the Scott McKenna podcast. Well, good morning, Caleb Pike. I hope you are doing well today. Thanks so much for a few minutes of your time. How is uh, cold, snowy Chicago this morning? It's good. Lots of lots of shoveling. And uh, and thanks for having me on, man. It's good to, to chat. Appreciate you being here. It's cool. We kind of, like so many other people that also do YouTube stuff, that's kind of where we met. I think randomly either I commented on one of your videos, you commented on one of mine, and we kind of just um, built a little online friendship. And it's cool. It's, that's the community that I love about YouTube. So it's just neat being able to grab a few minutes. I know that so many people that I'm sure follow any of my content have come across your channels, which is DSLR Video Shooter, just a super um, useful and powerful channel that helps people in so many different aspects. I would love to kind of hear your journey of kind of how you started on YouTube. When did you start? Talk a little bit about that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Well, as the name suggests, it was in the DSLR revolution um, of 2012 or 2010, rather. And um, before that, in middle school or high school, I got really into video, um, did construction to to save up and buy my iMac, the first white um, mm-hmm. iMac that was that was a little toward the end of, of high school. But just slowly over the years, fiddled with video and um, kind of did a side hustle um, doing like recitals and recording whatever I could and burning DVDs back in that dark, horrible <laughs> age. Yes. Um, and then oof, I wanted to go to film school. It was really expensive. I didn't want to go into hundreds of thousands into debt. And um, so I just started to do a business degree and started at a community college and really hated it <laughs> and just decided to, to finish the semester. I only did one semester of school and then pursue video in however I could. Um, uh, my grandfather was going to a large church at the time, and they had this massive camera or media department. And so I just walked in there one day and like, can I do anything to, to volunteer something just for whatever experience yeah. I can get? And then work my way up through the ranks volunteering there, and then met some people and started doing corporate gigs. And... Then the whole DSLR thing happened and uh, bought a 7D. And I had had some web background, just tinkering with stuff. I used to run a, a website that got fairly large, and then I canned it for whatever idiot reason, uh, doing like uh, custom Mac stuff. So like hardware mods, software mods, stuff like that. Interesting. So do you still do all your building of computer stuff now? 
Um, I do run a Hackintosh now, but, you know, that might not be always the case. But I was just a huge Apple nerd. So I had some web background, and I eventually, um, once getting into this video thing, just threw up a couple sites just because it's easy and cheap. And uh, one of them was DSLR Video Shooter. Did a couple posts, and that whole thing was just blowing up. There weren't a lot of people talking about it at the time. And um, here we are seven years later. That was in 2010. And uh, it's a full-time gig somehow. <laughs> That's crazy. So what was the first video on, what was the very first video you posted on the channel? Um, it wasn't on the channel. You, I didn't have YouTube set up yet. It all started really on Vimeo. Oddly enough, because that was where the edgy filmmakers put their videos yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We, we cared more about quality and not about anything else. <laughs> um, so I put some videos up there um, just as like tests, you know, just to watch them back again. And um, kind of a, a journal, if you will. And some were like a couple little lighting ones, little little 7D video thingies. And people uh, started asking questions and, um, hey, you should try this. and and Or what if you did that? And uh, that's kind of where it started, was just doing videos for those five people. And then it kind of escalated and, and then um, did a couple posts on the site. And that's where it kind of slowly began to grow. And then you eventually switched over to YouTube then and changed from Vimeo? Yeah, I, I added YouTube. Um, I wasn't a big YouTube fan at the time because I was just like focusing on quality of the actual right. video. But um, it only until... A couple of years ago, did I actually make a conscious decision that I'm not going to be like a production company. I'm not going to be a blogger. I'm going to be a YouTuber and shifting how I post things instead of posting to the website, post straight to the channel. It's all about the channel. The website slow, you know, slowed down to a, a coast. But the then immediately I saw a response on the YouTube end. And uh, so if you look at, you know, stats over time, you'll see it kind of blows up. Or not blows up, but you can see a shift uh, on the YouTube right. analytics there. What do you think, what was kind of your first video that you start to see that obviously it gets a lot of traffic? Do you remember that? That's a that's a tough one. Um, I think there's a constant little, little blips. Um, news or no film school. Um, at some point, someone over there, a writer or two, um, started pushing some stuff and that helped. So I'd say there's a lot of little spikes. I didn't have my first like blow my mind spike until um, 2017 when I did my how to create beautiful slider shots or something. It was this little technique that I've been using. People had asked about it and it, I thought it would kind of be a, you know, mm -hmm. meh, B upload. It was just kind of like, whatever, here's a video for today. And of course, that's one that... Doesn't it always that, happen that uh, way? Somehow it tickled YouTube just the right way and they pushed it a lot and um that that was a big a big moment for me you know it's what's funny i think that it's a good thing kind of to learn from a lot of people that are kind of new into youtube that like you just said that was kind of a video that you eh, you just you decided to post it because you posted it and so many people have that video sitting on a hard drive because they just don't feel good about it and they kind of feel like ah, it's yeah. not the quality I want. It's just it's I don't think it's that good. Who's going to watch this? And yet with YouTube and with growth in YouTube, it, it it you need those occasional spikes here and there to be able to grow your channel. That's, you know, for me, it was the GH5 autofocus stuff that obviously a lot of people found my right. channel that way. But so many of those things, like when I put those videos up too, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to put this up because I think that it'll get a lot of views. It was more of, hey, here's just what I'm working on. And that's a great thing to learn, I think. I mean, if you are getting started on YouTube, one of the hardest things is getting anybody to watch. 
And the key is you got to put a lot mm. of videos up. And I think you'd agree with that. You, It's yep. really hard for people to start a channel and post whenever they think it's the quality they need it to be. If you do that, you're going to be stuck forever. And yeah. I think that that's what I just see a lot of people do. And, and it's just that's a good lesson, I think, for people to hear that, you know, it wasn't that video that you thought, here's the video that's going to get me all the views I need and go from there. You just decided to publish it because that's what you wanted to do, which is really cool. And so obviously now you're at a stage where everyone, quote unquote, the dream life of, of being a YouTuber <laughs> and you get to just sit around all day, film whatever you want, edit whatever you want. Wear no pants. <laughs> exactly. Wear nothing underneath except for the shirt. And it's just the dream life. And I think that that's also where a lot of people are wrong of realizing that it is not as easy as people think. So can you talk a little bit about what's, you know, how long have you major living that way and what are some difficulties of it that you're kind of in sure um i was mostly full-time for the last four or five years um doing some gigs here and there because i i started out full-time freelance uh camera op and grip and editor and then um over time grew the channel took less jobs i used to do a ton of web development i stopped doing that completely and then narrowed it down till I was doing maybe two big gigs a year, and then uh, eventually pulled the trigger and just going full time. So I haven't done like a um, hiring me get the check gig in awesome. in a good while. I would say a year and a half, two years maybe. So I still you know shoot here and there, but I I don't like right. try to market myself to get those gigs because this is the channel is um, kind of taken over. And for people to understand, because not everyone even really understands how you make a living off YouTube, maybe you could dive into that a little bit, not specific, like what kind of money sure. you're making, but where, where does money come from as a full-time YouTuber? I think a lot of people don't understand that. Not YouTube anymore, that's for sure. Um, it's It depends on how you, my, uh, what, what I would recommend people do is almost every single space has an opportunity mm -hmm. for you to, to train or there's some mm -hmm. value that you could sell to people. So what I recommend people do is build up your audience like you are, um, like I, you should always be building up your audience, um, offering free quality content. And there is, you know, some money that comes with that for us. It's mm -hmm. a gear related thing. So Amazon affiliates, B&H photo video, some other ones. And um, obviously there's a little bit from YouTube, but you're not going to make a living from that until you hit, you know, millions like not even a nice, nice, nice living, you know, it's crazy. And then what I did is after I built up the audience a decent amount, I knew that there was so much more value I could offer to them, but it was going to be in a long mm -hmm. form. And a lot of people want that, you know, I mean, a lot of people would enjoy sitting down for an hour or two or three over a period of time. Um, but it's just, that's the worst idea for, for YouTube. So that's why I started selling these guides, these camera guides, um, and, and other filmmaking, video production related stuff on uh, what now is the Academy. I started out on Vimeo's On Demand because that's super easy to get set up. And um, that's a huge part of the business now. And I think anyone can do it. It's way easier now. And even if you do video, which used to be so expensive to do long form video and sell it and people download it and all that stuff, it's so much more affordable. And um, so, you know, pick any industry, candy mm -hmm. maker, you could build an audience, how to make candy tutorials, and then do a full, you know, guide on how to start your own right. candy yep. store. Everything I've learned for the last five years, all that yeah, stuff. I'm always fascinated how people love, like, I don't care what you're into. 
if you're passionate about it and you feel like creating content about it, there are millions of people that also are passionate about it. I don't care what you do. And there's so many people that are always like, I just, I'm really just into this. And like, who else is, there's nobody else that's, yeah, there is. <laughs> there's just people that are into a lot of random things. And it's, there's, there's a business in anything you do. And that's cool. And we won't dive in too much, obviously, more to the YouTube stuff. But if you've never checked out um, Caleb's guides, they're they're really incredible. Maybe you could quickly just touch on like what those are to people. Um, I, I'm familiar with what they are. And they're just an incredible resource for people that want to dive more into specific cameras and things. But maybe talk a little bit about where people can find those at too, because I highly recommend them. Sure. Yeah, they're um, they're at academy.dslrvideoshooter.com, and essentially what they are is me sitting down with the camera, and just living, breathing everything with that camera, and to the point where um, pretty much every nook and cranny I've I've ventured into, and with these newer cameras that we're getting, like the GH5, there's so yeah. much in there, and right. compared to like a T3i or 7D, it's a joke. So. Um, it's, it's the big things. It's getting the most. It's, it's essentially everything you need to know to master video on that camera. Not master video, but that camera. You'll By the end of the guide, you've got it made for, for settings. And, and most of the comments I get and the reviews that uh, I get are people saying, you know, I bought this. You know, I thought it might be somewhat helpful. I'd pick up a few things. And they love the little yeah, things that make a big difference. Sure. Very cool. So it sounds like you obviously just you love educating. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of because you learned that way by, you know, being around it. Um, it just sounds like that's something that you really enjoy. And you do a great job with it. I think you do a really good job of of explaining things to people in a simpler form, even though you have a lot of knowledge on those things. And I think that that's a great, a great way to teach. And yeah, definitely, if you're one of the people listening to this and you are into uh, really diving into those things, which is the best way to learn. I think there's tons of free content on YouTube for all these different types of little specs here and there of a camera. But I know for me, when I get a new camera, when I get something, I really love diving in deep. And you'd be shocked how many things you'd watch that you may think you know everything about a camera until you dive in and watch hours worth of that content. So definitely check out what Caleb's doing. It's really, really awesome. I want to switch topics a little bit and talk about lighting. It's something that I think you just recently posted a tweet that said something along the lines of that you would like to do more lighting things, but it's just not what people, <laughs> not what people are necessarily as into as camera reviews and things. But yeah. man, I feel like people need to spend more time thinking about how important lighting is. Absolutely. I mean, I'll always do lighting stuff just because it's, I get a huge kick out of it. Um, and there's so much to learn. You think learning cameras and cinematography is intense? Lighting everything. is crazy, and I think that's why gaffers exist, you know. They don't set up C-stands, or <laughs> they literally just light that's stuff. A term, I'm going to stop you real quick. That's a term that I'm familiar with, and I know so many people that don't even know what that means. What is the job of a gaffer on a film set? I'm sure someone will correct me, but um, there's. I think a lot of people think a gaffer does what a grip does, too, and what electric does, the departments. But a gaffer is, is um, you know, the DP asks for certain things and the gaffer makes it happen yeah so they'll say they'll say i want a little bit less lighting here or whatever and they figure out how to actually make that happen right right so usually you know the dp is is very involved with that on the smaller scale the gaffer does all things lighting yeah but um people just don't seem to i mean people care about lighting and obviously that tweet there are a lot of people who are like hey i like lighting (laughs) keep doing it um but overall, you know, if I do, if you do a camera review, it's yeah. just like, those are almost guaranteed views. 
Um, I just, I, I love cameras, but, um, you know, you can only talk about specs so long. And so the lighting thing just has me mostly excited because I would hands down take like a Sony A5100 or like a hundred, $200, $300 camera and a good lighting kit over like yep. a red. Uh, that's such a good point. Um, and I've been meaning to do a video on that just like in my setup, just put a crappy or not even a crappy light, a nice light and just point it at me and be like, all right, here's, you know, 5D or, or here's the, the GH5 and then take a really gnarly little camera and light it nice and just prove the point. And, you know, we've all done it. I've spent so much time, you know, reading over cameras. Ooh, but is the this, that and the other thing really mm-hmm. going to, you know, we're, we're um, tripping over or what's the saying? Tripping over yeah. nickels <laughs> for pennies something or something. Like that. Lighting is more and more um, my passion because once you learn that, um, man, you and can make anything yeah. look good. And you just keep adding to your arsenal of, of knowledge with lighting. And it's so cheap and so good right now. Um, so right now I'm in the middle of just uh, yeah. bounce. Bounce, 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 bounce light. And that's the thing that takes, you know, that takes a craft to learn. And I think that that's where, that's the problem is there's people that say, okay, you know, I have some money to to get some lighting, but like they get a lighting, they don't diffuse it. They just shine it at a thing and they're like, it just doesn't look right. Good. There's so much like, that's why I love looking at the behind the scenes of, you know, these films and things where you're like, that just looks so nice and clean and simple. And then you back yeah. up and you're like, oh my goodness, the amount of work that they get to make that look so simple, <laughs> like is ridiculous. Right, right. But it is fascinating to me how, you know, someone will have, let's say a, a $10,000 budget to upgrade some gear and they'll spend 9700 on the cameras and lenses and then buy themselves one light yeah. when if you spent two grand on the camera and lens and you spent $8,000 on lighting, it would look a ten, 10 times better if you know what you're doing. It's just fascinating how many people are so about what has the best low light, what's got the best 4K, the best codec, all this stuff. And it's like, if it's not lit good, it's not ever going to look good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I have a video I'm writing that's going to be like, you know, just really simple tips to like immediately see a difference. But a couple of those, um, the number one thing for me is soft light. Soft, you know, there's a place for harsh light. And what I mean by that is if you stand by a window and the sun's coming through at your face, that's Mm -hmm. harsh light. You get really, you know, dark shadows, sharp shadows. Soft light is uh, when you back away from the window and the ambient light in the room lights you. So you want to soften up your light. You can do that very easily by just taking a thin white sheet and putting it in front of a window or a shower curtain. Um, and then, um, you know, you don't want to completely eliminate shadows. So you want some definition there. But softening your light does wonders. And the thing that kind of goes along with that is the size of your source. So if you take one of those little video lights, LED lights from Amazon, you know, a little, I don't know, Avis, five inches by three inches, just a small on-camera light and you point it at yourself, it's going to look poopy because it's such a small source. You'll get barely a pin dot in your eye light or the catch light, and then it's going to look pretty harsh. But even if you, um, and this is a trick if you're on a budget, a lot of people are like, what can I, I need a big light to diffuse it. Just get a real tight framing and bring that light in. And you can, anyone can do this. Just grab a light, put it you know, six feet away, and then zoom in to get a tighter shot and then uh, remove the camera and bring the light as close as you can without getting in the shot. You'll immediately see Mm -hmm. a difference. So the size or size of your source 
is huge. So what I recommend people do is, and this will work with a cheap softbox, um, always keep the light just like a millimeter from getting in your shot. Mm-hmm. Super, super close. And that's going to make a massive, uh, massive difference. So a lot of people will send me an email like, hey, how do I set this up? And just moving the lights as close as you can or just even switching from a 35 to a 40 or right. 50. So you can get it a little bit closer. zooming in a little bit and yep. get those lights closer makes a massive, massive difference. And it's brighter, so you get more, more output there. So that's a big one. And then experiment with the angle and position. So if you imagine someone sitting in a chair and we're looking from overhead down at them, um, and it's a clock, so zero, or uh, rather midnight, is uh, you know straight ahead of them. Or think of it like a right. pie. Uh, you don't want the light right in front of you, and you don't want it all the way to the left or the right. Uh, having three-quarter lighting... So it's it's off to, uh, you know, kind of diagonally from you. And then you want the light to be slightly higher than you, tilted down. Just out of the gate, that's a great place to start. And then finally, um, you only really need a light, one light. You don't have to buy three lights. Um, I haven't used a light for fill in years just because I find that it's, it's hard to find lights that perfectly, absolutely 100% right. match. Uh, especially with the LED back in the tongues today's that might have been a little different or, uh, you know, HMIs and whatnot. So what I just use is a big 5.1 reflector on the white side or white foam board. And it's amazing how much fill you can add uh, just with that. And what you can do is then you can put your light all the way to your left or right and add fill on the other side and get some different looks. But I haven't used uh, like a fill light, an actual physical something that shoots light for the fill in a, in a long, long time. It's awesome. It's really, really good stuff. I like the approach that you um, don't, you really, like I said, you, you simplify things like that all makes so much. So I think people hearing that will be like, Oh, that makes so much sense, but they just don't really try. And I think what it seems like with you is you experiment with a lot of things. You, you know, everyone always said use a fill light and you experimented with different things and, and liked a look and it's all about preference really. Sure. Um, but it's all about just, ex, you know, experience and doing things. I think just people don't try things enough. They want everyone to do things for them or they want the results of things without actually just experimenting. Um, and it's, it, it's awesome that you're teaching that stuff. Really, really valuable stuff. I know that I've learned that recently just to the importance of, of the angle lights are coming from to not be mm. shooting from the same angle the lights are coming from yeah, is a thing yeah. I think a lot of people make a mistake with. Absolutely. So I'll definitely link some of the videos that you, um, have in your channel, but I definitely recommend going to Caleb's channel. I'm sure a lot of people, um, have obviously come across your channel, but if you're not subscribed, you need to. So much good content. What days do you typically put out your content? Uh, it used to be every Tuesday. Then it was every Tuesday and Thursday. And now that it's 2018, I don't know. It's, it's as often <laughs> as possible. I might try to keep that up. I might also just, you know, when I've got a good video ready, I'll just go for it. Yeah. So who knows? Every, every It's constantly changing, constantly changing. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. This was really valuable for people. I think we could all learn something about how much um, lighting improves our video work. And I definitely recommend that you get in touch with Caleb. Um, tell him thanks for being on the episode and also subscribe to his channel. Where else do you want people to follow you at, Caleb? Where can they find you? Um, you know, the circuit, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, but usually I'm hanging out on Twitter. Awesome. Just... I it's guess just, I'm too old just for Snapchat cool, and all that stuff. Where the cool kids hang out. Twitter, I'm going to say it over <laughs> and over. Twitter is still the best networking tool on all of social media. And people that think that Twitter is dying or think that it's just like, what's the point of it? 
it is the best place to get in touch with anyone that you want to get in touch with at any celebrity level because it's the one place that you can just jump in on a conversation and not look like a weirdo. Yep, it's and true. It is such a powerful platform that it's another whole topic that I hope to talk with someone in a Twitter expertise about, but such a good I can't platform. wait for that. Yes. That'd so definitely let's um let's continue to connect. Really appreciate taking some time. All the links will be down below. Thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time. Let's hope the spring comes as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. It's a blast. Right. Have a great day. See ya. You too, boss. So thanks again to Caleb for being on the show. I just think uh, extremely valuable. Some of the stuff that he talked about on lighting specifically really, I think, will help you immediately get better results in video. And I definitely encourage you to check out his site because obviously uh, when it comes to lighting and when it comes to seeing the results of what lighting does, obviously seeing that is easier than just hearing about it. So definitely check out his channel. I'm glad that he was able to give us a few minutes, just great stuff. Make sure you hop on Twitter and thank him for being here. Um, These creators that work really hard at what they do have limited time, so I really appreciate when people hop on the phone and just um, give you guys some valuable content for this podcast, so it's awesome of him to do that. But hopefully you liked this episode, and I would love to hear from you on Twitter as well, at Scott W. McKenna. Shoot me a quick DM. Tell me what you thought. Tell me some things you'd like to hear in some upcoming episodes. I'm just loving this format, loving the idea of talking to people and getting to know people better. And I hope that you found this valuable. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Scott McKenna podcast and have a great day. Be kind to people.